Hi, I am Kat Tompkins, and you are listening to the Engage Chesterfield Podcast, a podcast about topics that affect our schools and community in Chesterfield, Virginia. We believe family and community engagement is an essential component of improving outcomes for children and youth. Our goal is to strengthen the partnership between families, teachers, schools, and the community through open dialogue. Thanks for engaging with us. Absences are only a problem if they're unexcused, right? My daughter only has an absence here or there, sporadic, like two or three times a month. It's not like she ever misses a whole week of school. Attendance matters in high school grades only. Right now, attendance is no big deal. My son is just in kindergarten. What you just heard were a few attendance myths. The fact is that every day a child is in school counts. What's the quote? 80% of success is showing up? It's true, and every parent wants their child to be successful, and so do teachers. So how many times a month is your child missing school? How many times a year? It is something to take note of because Without even realizing it, those days can add up quick. Did you know that just missing two days a month or 10% of the school year for any reason, excused or unexcused, is defined as chronic absenteeism in Virginia? If you do the math, it makes sense. Two days a month, nine months, that's 18 days over three weeks of school, almost four. Chronic absenteeism can cause big gaps in learning at all levels, and it's also a sign of dropout risk. This edition of the Engage Chesterfield podcast is dedicated to school attendance and dropout prevention. We will note the consequences of chronic absenteeism, Learn ways to help start positive patterns of attendance. Hear what Chesterfield has in place to promote and support attendance. Introduce you to communities and schools and the services that they provide our students in Chesterfield. All with the hope of making it easier for schools, teachers, and parents to talk about absences. Relationship building is a place we can easily start to help remove the barriers to attendance issues. Let's get started. Absenteeism and its ill effects start early, and sadly, 1 in 10 kindergarten and first grade students are chronically absent. Lindsay Motley, former principal of Betty Weaver Elementary and new principal of Old Hundred Elementary, shares why attendance is always important, especially at the onset of your child's education. 
How important is attendance for our elementary students? Right. Absolutely. Um, the attendance at elementary school truly is the foundation, you know, the foundational skills, but then also just establishing that expectation um, of attendance and that good routine. You know, in elementary school, we have this a huge focus on work-related skills, so things like collaboration and communication. Our school days are full of that. Those are things that we cannot just send home. We can't send them home in a folder or a workbook right. to have students work through. We need them in class and working with others to be able to really um, to really build on those skills. Excellent. And what does the data say about, say, um, attendance and achievement at the elementary level? Right. So according to the data, all children do worse in first grade if they are chronically absent in kindergarten. And in fact, the data tells us that only 17% of students who are chronically absent in kindergarten are proficient readers by the end of first grade. And that's compared with 64% of their peers who attended school regularly. So really, not being in school definitely puts children at risk. Right. So in... For the kindergarten student and the preschool student, I Mm -hmm. think that might be one of those misnomers. Like we think, oh, it's just kindergarten or it's just preschool. But like you said, the relationships are important and those social skills are important, but also they're learning to read. Absolutely. We need that consistency. We need to see them daily. Um, You know, students' skills can almost blossom overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we often see that, you know, before spring break and after spring break, you know, we see these growth and we want to be able to capitalize on that and so we need students here you know every child plays such a vital role in a classroom community there's a synergy that happens when kids are together um, and they we need them in class Um, you know even tardies and early releases really affect how a teacher can deliver a lesson in a day so even when you're just coming in late you may think oh it's just 10 or 20 minutes but they've missed a classroom meeting that morning and they've set the tone for the day. They've talked about things that might change during the day. Um, So even just those times of being late or leaving early really impact and can add up and kind of cause the same kinds of of issues as being absent for the entire day. So this just doesn't affect the child that's out. The teacher is having to slow down learning to help children catch up. That really impacts everyone in the room. So if you had to give parents any type of suggestion like with doctor's appointments or or getting to school on time right do you have any like ideas for parents I know it's very difficult I'm a mom as well I have two students so I know it can be really really challenging to set up those appointments before or after school depending on arrival times and things of your particular school but I just really would want parents to partner with the school you know often what I hear is well maybe they just have some anxiousness of not really wanting to go to school and in my experience when we kind of give in to those and they don't come to school, the anxiety actually heightens because now they're not only just anxious about whatever, maybe a little peer conflict that was happening or the math test that was coming up, but now they have the anxiety of what did I miss? Um, Students are talking about things that they don't understand. Um, And so we really see that anxiety actually um, raise quite a bit uh, when they're not there. And then it just becomes this just cycle. So I would just ask parents to really reach out to us we have school counselors that are available. We can set up things like check-in or check-out buddies um, where they're kind of seeing a trusted adult to maybe set the stage um, for a good day. But we have a lot of things that we can put in place if we know about it. So it's all about communication, communication. and hitting those problems head-on. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. 
Lindsay pointed out that our schools are equipped with supports to help improve attendance. She mentioned buddies and trusted adults to help engage students and parents in positive ways. Chesterfield County Public Schools also has four school social workers that focus on attendance. I sat down with one of them. I am here with Amanda Simon, school social worker for Chesterfield County Public Schools. Hi, Amanda. Can you tell me about your position and what you do? Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to share um, about my position and what I do. So I am a school social worker here in Chesterfield County Public Schools, and I am one of four school social workers who focus on attendance and truancy um, with our children and families. And I um, will work with families whose children have hit a significant number of absences, usually 10% or more of the school year and delve in and figure out what the barriers are for the student not being able to get to school and be academically successful and to help get those barriers out of the way um, and help connect our families and students with community resources. At what point, Amanda, does your team get involved with student attendance? So actually, the way that we get involved is when a student hits seven or more unexcused absences, they can be referred to one of the four of us. And if we have a student who has a history of chronic absenteeism, then the schools will automatically refer to us at seven or more unexcused absences. And that's elementary through high school? It is. It is actually pre-K through high school. Um, We can even have some of our pre-K families refer to us as well because the studies have shown that patterns of attendance start in pre-K and roll over to kindergarten and then it continues on. And so we want to make sure that all of our students have a really good foundation and a really good pattern set for attendance so that it doesn't become an issue as they get older. Wow, excellent. That's a big caseload, I can imagine, for, there's only four of you, correct? Yes. Wow, for the whole county? Yes. 64 schools? Yes. Gotcha. Wow. In your work, what have you found are some of the leading causes of absenteeism? Some of the most prevalent reasons that we see are chronic illnesses such as asthma, uh, mental health, which would include a lot of anxiety and depression, and then other family stressors. And so what we do is, if, for instance, asthma was identified by the family as the reason the child wasn't coming. We would make sure that we were working with the child's pediatrician as well as the school nurse because we like to partner with them too and make sure that a health service plan was put in place so that the child and the parent would feel comfortable coming to school despite having asthma. Um, With the anxiety and depression, we talk a lot about coping skills. We connect our families with other resources to help the children overcome those issues. So as a parent, what are a few things that I could do to get my child to school and to get my child to school on time? Because being perennially tardy can also have issues on academic performance and socialization too. Correct. So what we talk about a lot with our families are structures and routines. And we start talking with them. What does your evening routine look like? What does it look like after school for your child? Is there a designated spot for homework, a designated time for homework? After a certain time, is there a designated time for bath if your child likes to bathe or shower in the evenings? Do you have a special place to put all of the backpacks and get the backpacks ready the night before, such as notebooks if you're in the middle high school level? Do you have field trip um, 
permission slip signed? Do you have all the money in there? Is everything ready to go so in the mornings you can just grab and go? We also talk a lot with our families about electronics and blue lights Mm. and how the blue light can actually stimulate your brain to make you think that it's morning and stay awake. So we encourage all of our families to have a special place in their house they designate to turn the cell phones in at a certain time, tablets, Chromebooks so they can get charged, take televisions out of the bedroom so kids aren't staying up and watching it so that their brains can settle down and we um, they can get to sleep at a reasonable hour. And then what we do is then we talk about the mornings. What do mornings look like? Do you know your child? Some children are able to hear that alarm and get up and get going right away. Some children, like my own, needed a 15-minute window, so mm-hmm. we'd go in, say... Hit the snooze. You know, right. <laughs> you have 15 more minutes, and then you're really going to need to get up. So know your child's sleeping patterns that way. Lay out clothes. Um, either the night before or sometimes we even encourage families to do it on a Sunday night. They'll get the uh, shoe bags that have different segments and you can label it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you and your child can pick out a couple of outfits. So your child only has those couple of outfits to choose from and it takes the battle out in the morning. Wow, that's a cute idea. Those hanging shoe bags that go in the closet and then roll up their clothes and slide them in there. Absolutely. Cute idea. Now... I, I would like to ask you this because I think of parents out there. We always feel like we're alone. Um, is this is absenteeism a problem that our parents should be embarrassed about? So absenteeism is nothing to be embarrassed about. There's always a reason behind it, and it is a lot more common than I think we talk about. And we absolutely... Um, there's no judgment at all. We really encourage our parents to reach out to us. Reach out to the school counselor. Reach out to an administrator. Please feel free to reach out to your school social worker. Reach out to any of us that address attendance. We are happy to brainstorm and problem solve with you because we want the same academic success as you want for your child. We recognize that all parents want the best for their children. And so it isn't anything to be embarrassed about. We're all here to help and we are a village. Excellent. Thanks, Amanda. The barriers to attendance can be as individual as each child. In my research on the topic for this podcast, I did learn that chronic illness was the number one reason that keeps kids out of school, and that also includes lack of access to health care and dental care. Children could have transportation issues. If a child misses the bus, does the family have a car or a way to get the child to school? Attendance Works is an online resource that promotes attendance. Whether you are a parent or an educator, you can find supportive resources and information on this site to help build the habit of school attendance. One thing that Attendance Works suggests is that families come up with a help bank of people or backup plans for getting to school even when challenges come up. Check out attendanceworks.org and reachoutandread.org to learn more. In my opinion, parents need to reach out to teachers and teachers in schools need to reach out to parents. Every family situation is different. Personalized outreach as early as possible is a goal. Another resource that you may not be aware of is communities in schools. 
They do an amazing job of getting to know our families and personalizing outreach. This program was started in 1993 after Bobby Ucrop and other Chesterfield community leaders took a bus trip to Charlotte, North Carolina to see a Communities in School program in action. They saw the benefit in this effort to support schools and students, and they immediately brought it back to Chesterfield County to implement change. Today, Communities in Schools of Chesterfield serves more than 6,000 students at seven Chesterfield County Public Schools. Last month, I took a bus tour offered by Chesterfield Communities and Schools to see three of their school-based sites, and I was enlightened, amazed, and energized by their work. I want everyone to hear about their mission as you may want to help support them in some capacity. The reason why I'm including them in this podcast will be evident as you listen. The core of their work is dropout prevention, but it is also so much more. I sat down with Ashley Hall, Executive Director, to get the big picture. Ashley, let us know about what you do in communities and schools and what's your mission? Yeah, so our mission is to really wrap around students, empowering them to stay in school and achieve in life. At our heart, we are a dropout prevention program. In fact, across the country, we are known as the largest and most effective dropout prevention program. But really, we know that you can't come in senior year and make sure a kid graduates. It has to start so much earlier. So we work at the elementary, middle, and high school level to address some of those barriers to learning and success that students have. This is a national program you mentioned, right? Yeah, we're in 25 states plus D.C. Oh, wow. Now, when you say wraparound programs, can you describe to our audience what exactly is a wraparound program? Yeah, definitely. So what a lot of folks might not know is that since 2000, we've seen a 110% increase in poverty in Chesterfield County. Oh, wow. So about 24,000 of our students, about a third of our students, are coming to school facing really, really intense and additional challenges than, than we've probably seen before. So we have a site coordinator in each of our seven CIS site each of our seven CIS sites who really get to know the needs of our students and families. Sometimes those are immediate um, kind of basic needs, food, clothing, eyeglasses. Sometimes they are more academic supports, having mentors and tutors and offering enrichment activities that help kind of the learning beyond the classroom. And sometimes they're really more complex kind of one-on-one case management types of sort of counseling support. Basically, we'll do anything it takes to make sure a student succeeds. So like your basic needs, behavioral interventions, and you're saying like college career prep too, right? Exactly. Your core is the dropout prevention. Yep. It's kind of our end goal, right? Make sure kids graduate and they have a purposeful plan for the future. So what would that look like at the elementary, the middle, and the high school level? What would those services look like? Of course. So... um, One of the things we look at a lot in elementary is attendance, right? Because we know if a kid isn't in school, they're not learning. They have no chance for success if they're not there. Um, At the elementary level, we know that attendance is usually not 
the fault or or responsibility of the kiddos. Right. So we work really intensely with kids and families. We're in there checking in every day. We're at the tardy tables. We get to be kind of the the good cop in the in talking to parents about what's going on. Why aren't you here? How can I help support you being here? Um, so attendance is a really really key element at all of our levels, but especially at elementary where it's kind of out of the control of kids. So we can right. really step in and, and help support so that. So it sounds like you're building relationships there. It's some family engagement right Definitely. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when we're at that tardy table, you know, we have countless stories where a kid is not showing up and we can connect with the families and all of a sudden we find out there's something more going home or going on at home. Right. Sometimes, you know, we've had an experience where there was a really intense medical issue happening with another sibling and that was keeping them up all night and just really making it hard. So we were able to wrap around supports, not only to get the kiddo there, but also some counseling and, and additional support for kind of what, what he was dealing with. Um, we also might find out that there's some insist- there's some instability in where they're living, and so we can help kind of call in resources around that because we know that if, if kids aren't getting to school, it's usually not because they don't want to. It's because right. there's some other barrier keeping them from coming. So the more we can work with families to address that, the better. Now, this information that you're receiving, is this information that you can share with the classroom teacher, the site coordinator? Can that site coordinator let the classroom teacher know that, or is that information considered private? Yeah, it sort of depends on the situation. And, you know, we always err on the side of confidentiality, certainly, but a lot of times we can become that relationship to a family, and when they know there's a trusted person, an individual, they want their kids to succeed. So they're saying, hey, definitely share this with anybody. We don't want people to think we're not just showing up because we don't care. This is what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, Please help us make sure others understand that. So okay. it kind of depends on the situation. Gotcha. All right. So what about it in, at the middle school level? Yeah. So one of the really neat things we have at our middle schools is career speaking. Um, this is the case for any kid, not just um, students from low-income families, but we're very limited by what we've seen and what we've been exposed to. Uh, Both my parents were teachers, so my whole experience was, okay, everybody works in education, right? (laughs) Um, I guess that kind of ended up happening for me, but... Um, we know I, I that lived in the similar world there, yes, too. Right? <laughs> so we know that for kids to really um, be exposed to more is really important. And that, that shows up in a lot of different ways. We've got weekly opportunities where folks from the community can come in and talk about their career path. So that not only um, broadens sort of the opportunities and the types of jobs out there, but one of the things that the kids often like best is hearing a story where it was a very success it is a very successful person who maybe started out with some challenges or they didn't do mm-hmm. great in school themselves and kids can really see themselves in that person of okay well just because I am struggling with this class or this is something going on with me I can still be a successful adult and I think that really helps for them to kind of relate to that we also when we're able to like to provide opportunities beyond the class for field trips and things where they can go visit you know one of the one of the programs we work with at one of our middle schools has been doing visits after the speaker comes. So going to the bank with them afterwards or going to the medical facility or whatever kind of the job was that they heard about, they get to go see it live. I think their favorites, they told me so far, was the vet, which makes oh, sense. All the animals, totally. right? Totally. Um, that broadening of the experiential yes, background. Exactly. I, and all of a sudden realizing that that could be you. It doesn't just have to be what your parents or your parents' friends do. It's right. so much broader you than have, that. Yes. Yeah. That, oh, that's an, a wonderful 
wonderful experience. That's yeah. very cool. So that's at the middle school level. Yep. And then what about at the high school level? Yeah. So one of the things. Prevention. Yeah. We do a lot of stuff. You know, one of the schools that we work in is Carver College and Career Academy. And they already sort of have a really neat model where the kids are already sort of on a trades track. So one of the things that we fund and support is around skills competitions for those different trades. And this is really neat because it allows them to take what they're learning in the classroom and really go out and test it out live and compete with other schools and other communities and other states to see how they're doing. So, so you know, our culinary exa- kids, Okay, for I was going to say, yeah. like, I'm, th- I'm thinking of a TV show. You know, like exactly. A Shark Tank style. Yeah. 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 Same idea. And that just allows them, again, it's broadening their horizons, but it's also really connecting that this isn't just a thing you're doing while you're at school this could be your future career and this is how you gain experience and and expertise at it so that's one of the things we do at high schools one of the other things certainly is creating a path whether it's college directly to a career a trade school whatever that next step is for a kid to be successful we like to help open that door so that might mean getting mentors to come in and work specifically with a kid on college applications, right? Everything oh, nice. from the FAFSA experience through applications. Because again, that can if be an overwhelming oh, experience. Super overwhelming, especially if you're a student whose parent didn't go to college, for example. And, you know, they might support them with all their heart and want this for them, but they don't know how to be mm-hmm. um, a support or to be helpful. And so to be able to bring in mentors who have gone through that experience themselves or, or have recently helped their kids is really important for our students to to access that. And I tell you, at every level, we try to create a space of possibility and opportunity. You'll see in a lot of our CIS sites that we have college pennants hanging from the walls or we have job careers up everywhere. And that's really, again, to just let kids know that anything you want is within your possibility. The doors are not closed to you. I mean, you have to put in the hard work and you have to really want it, but there's no door that's closed to a kid that is going to try and Wow, I love what you're doing. So yeah. if I wanted to be a mentor, you're, I, I hear opportunities for yes. um, community support and Definitely. mentorship, Definitely. partnership. How can I get involved? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways, right? So we have individual opportunities like mentors, lunch buddies, coming in and talking about your career. We also have kind of group things that we'll do um, where you can grab your church group or your civic association or whatever and come in and do kind of a done-in-a-day project. And we can really link that to your skills and your passion to what our schools need. So um, our website has a lot of information on this, cisofchesterfield.org. You can certainly email me. It's ashleyw underscore hall at ccpsnet.net. And we'll make sure to connect you with the right person. The other way we really need folks to be a part of this is to invest in communities and schools. And that's financially. That's with your time. That's with your voice. Um, we're doing really exciting work. We're in seven schools now. I'm very excited to announce that next year we will be expanding to two Woo-hoo! more schools, Yay. serving 2,600 more students. But we can't do that if we don't have community support. We can't sustain those. We need corporate grants. We need individual donors. We need lots of volunteers. And it requires the whole community getting behind these kids. Excellent. How can you help communities and schools? No matter how large or small your contribution may be, your support is valuable. Children face challenges both inside and outside of the classroom. The Communities and Schools program fosters relationships and supports the whole child. 
They are successful because they give students that sense of belonging, a connection to caring adults, and academic enrichment. When you feel like you belong, when you feel like you're part of a community, you're going to be more likely to wake up in the morning ready to go to school. All of the CIS site coordinators that I met on that bus tour were so engaging. It was evident that they deeply cared about the students that they support each week. The success stories that they shared were poignant. I revisited Meadowbrook High School this past week to record Jennifer Hilliard as she shared One Child's Journey. So today I am here with Jennifer Hilliard. And Jennifer, would you like to tell everybody what do you do? Absolutely. I am the Communities and Schools Site Coordinator for Meadowbrook High School. And what that encompasses is um, looking around for the needs at the school and trying to find the resources to provide supports to our students for them to be successful in the classroom. This podcast is all about attendance, and I know that you community is in school. One of your main focuses is dropout prevention. And when I came here on the bus tour, and this is something that other folks can do too, they can take the yes. CIS bus tour yes. to learn more about communities in schools program. I was lucky enough to take that a couple weeks ago. You were the best storyteller. And one of the stories that you told was about a student that was, wasn't was showing up at school, and you found out the story behind it. I did. Can you, like, elaborate on that while keeping our students anonymous? I guess? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And this precious young man, he's 16 years old. Uh, he has been in our country about a year and a half, so he's still working on his English skills. Um, I pulled a group of kids who were also struggling with attendance, and I didn't know a lot about the background. Um, This was my first time meeting him. And um, after our group was over, he asked if he could stay later, and I had someone who spoke English and Spanish that he was comfortable with. And as they began to talk and the story emerged, um, I found out there were a lot of reasons as to why he was not coming to school. His mother is... uh, he, she has diabetes and high blood pressure. She is able to get her medication, thank goodness, through the caravan, which you may or may not know comes to um, St. Augustine's Church every Tuesday. Um, and she is able to um, get treated that way, but she is not directly under the care of a doctor like you or I would be if we right. had that condition. So often she is ill, she is not feeling well, um, and there's a four-year-old at home. So the first thing I found out was that he was staying at home when his mother felt bad to help her with child care because the child is not of age to go to school. In addition, he works a part-time job, and he had increased his hours in order to provide a little bit of money for the family. Um, The reason he had done that is that his stepdad um, had had to go to court for a driving violation and um, was then arrested either there on site or somewhere near there. Um, by ICE and had been detained starting about three months prior. And that day that we were meeting, he shared uh, that his stepfather was finally going back to court and they would decide that day whether or not he would come home or he would be deported back to Guatemala. Um, 
and I was just kind of blown away by and and this this student is just smiling and and so sweet and kind telling me these things that would have put me under the table right the empathy it's just like it's heartbreaking um because this this student did not choose this life the student did not choose for these things to happen yet he is being completely impacted by them and that's what we deal with a lot are these adult issues that really overwhelm our kids but we have to meet them where they are and provide supports so I asked him if he would feel comfortable coming back and speaking with me in a couple of days to let me know to follow up and see what had happened and he did uh, he came by and he shared that yes indeed his his stepfather had been deported and so it was him his mother and his four-year-old brother um and he said his mother was grieving right quite largely which i can only imagine and um and so was he he puts on a very bright face Stoic front. yes um but he said something to me that just grabbed my heart i said why are you here you know because right. i'm thinking why why are you, you know, these other things that you could be doing to help your family and he said in very broken english my mother he looked away and he said, I love my mother. I said, I know you do. And he said, my mother says, education is important. I need to be here. And she will make it work. Wow. And that student has been here. He's missed one day in the last three weeks where he was missing three to four days a week. Because the mother has said she will do whatever it takes uh, for him to get an education. So, Jennifer, how are you all able to support this student? We are very lucky to have lots of donations of food, um, so I am always sending a box home of food for his family. Um, I have asked if I could talk with his teachers, did he feel comfortable with that? And there are a few that he said he would like for that story to be shared, so they'll know if he has to miss a day or two. Because that, that story was not necessarily shared with no. his teachers, so no they don't did. understand why he yes. is not attending school. And it's very frustrating for a teacher right. to try to teach a student and they show up. And, and that's what I try to educate teachers about is when a student shows up, you have no idea what they've been through. Um, yes, they could have been laying in bed and some of them do right. play video games, but some of them don't. And so we have to be careful that when kids are out and then come back in that we don't overblow it particularly in front of an audience. That's what I feel, uh, as educators, we need to welcome them back with open arms and with warmth and re-engage them quickly and not uh, draw attention to the fact um, that they have been out, even though I understand it is so difficult on a teacher. But on a child like that, that would just escalate things and and add to it. Why would I come back? Yeah, why, why, yeah, definitely. Why come back? That's a question that we need to answer. There has to be a reason to come back. And it's a question that's a bit haunting. When it comes to our students and attendance, we need to look at the big picture. Can the child physically get back to school? Are basic needs like food, shelter, and security being met? What's going on emotionally and mentally in the family? I am so thankful for Team Chesterfield members like Amanda Simons and the school social worker team, and also Ashley Hall and Jennifer Hilliard of Communities and Schools. I'm thankful for these people that help look out for our students 
And truly, I am thankful for all our teachers and staff that want to welcome, honor, and connect with our families and students. If you are listening to this podcast and you know of a child or a family that needs some support, we want you to feel safe to communicate that need. We continue to strive to build equity and create opportunities for every child. Our future depends on our students. Let's close this podcast with a smile. Listen to why this Meadowbrook Monarch sophomore thinks attending school is important. You know, parents and teachers want students to be successful, but students, they want to be successful too. So Leah, tell me this. Has attendance ever been an issue for you in the past? Did you ever struggle? At first, yes, because like any other kid, you won't, like school just not, in the moment, because us as like, I guess teenagers, we don't think about the future. So we just think about the moment, like, it's just like, should I sleep? It's normally the train of thought that it goes through. But eventually, like, I tightened up because um, I went through some stuff. I had some problems or whatever. And I realized that, like, I'm here to do something, to be a better person in life. And it's just not about, like, because, like, when you come to school, you don't just come to, like, learn. You also come to, like, um, communicate with people and, like, make friendships and, like, talk to other people and build um What's the word? Relationships? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, relationships and, um, like, you become a people person, which is going to help you in life because ain't nobody want a quiet person at the job. <laughs> I love it. Ain't nobody want a quiet person at the job. You, you need somebody you, to communicate I, with you. you. do need good somebody communicators, good collaborators. Too. Absolutely. Are your parents very supportive of you and you're participating? I mean, my parents are not the typical parents. So, like, I, I basically live with a single mother. My mom, right. This is my mom. My mom wakes up at 5 in the morning and comes back at 5 in the afternoon. So me and her don't have time. But, like, I also know that her like her main priority for me is to, to be here, get my things done, so that later on I can be something. Absolutely. Because that was the whole point of her coming here, because she wants me to be somebody in life. I just got to get – I'm just here to get through it. One, build, I guess you could say build connections what's to a certain your, person. Yeah, what's your favorite part of the day? I love how you said build connections. I think that's an awesome thing for... That's my favorite part of the day when I'm in here. <laughs> I love to bother her. Miss <laughs> Lillard is pretty awesome, isn't yeah. she? Yes. It's nice to have somebody in the building that will make you smile yeah. and you feel like you can come and talk to if you yeah, need like, to talk to them. Like, there is certain, like... Thanks for listening to this edition of the Engage Chesterfield podcast. Please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at CCPS Face One. On Facebook, you can find us by searching for CCPS Office of Family and Community Engagement. Thanks for engaging with us. Background music provided by Westar.